a reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold into slavery under sin. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good. But in fact, it is no longer that I do it, but that sin dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer that I do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with my mind, I am a slave to the law of God, but with my flesh, I am a slave to the law of sin. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his 
A reading from the Gospel according to John. Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. God, make 
source of justice beyond human knowledge. We thank you for inspiring Karlgar to resist tyranny and exalt your saving grace, without which we cannot apprehend your will. Teach us, like him, to live by faith, and even in chaotic and perilous times to perceive the light of your eternal glory. Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God throughout all ages. O God, the life of all who live, the light of the faithful, the strength of all of those who labor, and the repose of the dead, we thank you for your blessings of the day that is past, and humbly ask for your protection through the coming night. Bring us in safety to the morning hours, through him who died and rose again for us, your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Dear Lord, with those who work or watch or weep this night, and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, Lord Christ, give rest to the weary, bless the dying, soothe the suffering, pity the afflicted, shield the joyous, and all for your love's sake. seated. Welcome to each and every one of you, and thank you for those of you who uh, joined us and all of you who, who sang at, or, or read at our festival, Advent Festival of Lessons and Carols, uh, a wonderful evening of story and song and a wonderful cathedral tradition that we're glad to begin here at Trinity. Uh, if you're uh, joining us this coming Sunday, a reminder that it is, it is among many things, St. Nicholas Sunday. And if you've purchased gifts, we thank you for that and encourage you to bring those gifts wrapped to present to, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert, St. Nicholas is going to be with us. Bishop Nicholas, I think, is more appropriate to say, and we'll have a chance to present our gifts to him uh, at both the 9 and the 1115 service. So look forward to joining, having you join us for that. And of course, we are looking forward to Christmas Eve. Uh, because of the circumstances of this year, we will offer more services on Christmas Eve. There will be, uh, I'm blanking on the time, I believe it's 5 p.m. That's a, a, a children's and family service. We will at 6.30 have a jazz, jazz Eucharist, and then we'll have two choral services. It will be the same service offered twice uh, at 8 p.m. and then 11 p.m., the 8 p.m., 
will be live streamed and then of course be available for watching later throughout the evening. And those last two services, which will be pretty much the same service, we do recommend that, uh, that you make reservations for that. We look forward to having you join us uh, on Christmas Eve and in the weeks to come. And it is a great pleasure, once again, to welcome the, Rever uh, the Reverend Rosalind Hughes, uh, the rector of the Church of the Epiphany in Euclid, uh, who whose voice is often heard here at the cathedral, and we're so grateful for that. Welcome, Rosalind. So I've read that Karl Barth once commented on the Anglican style of liturgy. If the Anglo-Saxons would not make their phylacteries so broad and so long. I went to evening prayer at which the Lord's Prayer was said twice and the Gloria five or six times. I said to them afterwards, if I were the good God, I would reply to you in a voice of thunder, all right, that will do, I've heard you. <laughs> which is to say that I feel a little bit shy about bringing Bart to church with me this evening. But Bart was not one to shy away from the conflicts and ambiguities and frank paradoxes of religion and theology and our strange and wonderful relationship with God, our Creator, Christ, our Redeemer, and the Holy Spirit who defies definition. Take this passage from the Epistle to the Romans, in which Paul, converted and convinced of his salvation, nevertheless wrestles with the stickiness of sin and its ability to contort his every effort of will into something less than righteousness, so that he cries out for deliverance. But, in his commentary on this passage, is almost as sunny and gay as St. Paul himself. Religion, he writes, spells disruption, discord, and the absence of peace. Conflict and distress, sin and death, the devil and hell make up the reality of religion. Religion possesses no solution to the problem of life. Rather, it makes of the problem a wholly insoluble enigma. So that's helpful. Perhaps putting Bart into some biographical context might shed light on his frightening insights. He wrote his commentary on Romans relatively early in a career that would sink him deep into the mire of systematic theology and draw out of him the utter and devoted dependence upon God's grace that looking into the vortex of our incomprehension will evoke. He lived through two world wars. In the shadow of the first, he was accused of pacifism. In the gathering clouds of the second, he was criticized for militarism. Yet he was consistent in his strong belief that the justice and mercy of God do not authorize the kind of bullying the kind of bullying might that characterizes nationalism. And he was appalled at the capitulation of too many churches to those dangerous forces. One might say that any compromising of the gospel in order to achieve greater power to proclaim it 
is at least misguided, self-defeating, perverse. There's a reason that Bart still resonates in our public theology amphitheaters. While Bart clearly knew on which side he stood when it came to the sin of anti-Semitism, the siren song of nationalism, not to mention the seductive, destructive power of the atom bomb. And while he was not shy of his duty as a political man to, as he once put it, make it clear with whom I would like to be imprisoned and hanged, yet he knew just as clearly that salvation comes from somewhere very different. The kingdom of God is a foreign country, so foreign that even the saints must pray, he wrote in his commentary on this passage from the epistle to the Romans. And here is the key to the hope, even joy, that both Paul and Carl embody even as they decry their own sinfulness, their own helpful, helplessness in the vice of sin that grips them. There is no political program nor self-justification that can free us from the consciousness that we fall short of the good we feel so strongly should be available to us to do. But there is Jesus. The good that I want to do, I cannot, and the evil that I would avoid, I cannot. Now, says Paul eagerly, if I do not if I do what I do not want, is it no longer I that do it? That is, can I separate my actions from my will, my impact from my intention, my life from my imagination? But these, Bart writes, are perilous opinions. They offer false comfort when the only true consolation is Christ. They are perilous too, I might add ethically, offering a kind of acquiescence with the messiness and mercilessness of the world. I hate that this is the way the world works. I will good and not evil, but I'm helpless to change it, so it's enough to despair of it. Even Bart fell prey to it. As he has said, there is no sinless Christian. But this too is not the gospel of repentance that Christ calls us into. It is the hymn of the compromised conscience, the power-hungry church, the secular creed of false unity. No, says, says Bart, the fact that my conscience is piqued at every turn is correct and should not be denied. It reminds me daily that as often as I pray, thy will be done, which is too often in our liturgies, as you may recall Carl saying, as often as I pray it, I am reminded how far I am from doing God's will and how great the gulf is between creator and this creature made dimly in their image. But the corollary is glorious. For who is aware of man's real wretchedness save he who is aware of God's mercy Bart lectured his students in Bonn. We know our sin. We are convicted of it. Paul discovered his error in persecuting the followers of Jesus. 
only when he was confronted by the living Christ himself, the revelation and reality of God's saving mercy. The kingdom of heaven does exist already, lectured Bart. From God's side, action has already been taken for our good. To pronounce the name of Jesus Christ means to acknowledge that we are cared for, that we are not lost. Jesus Christ is man's salvation in all circumstances and in face of all that darkens his life, including the evil that proceeds from himself. So it is that St. Paul can proclaim in one breath wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death, thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. In this season of Advent, when we are advised by the prophets and the preachers to prepare ourselves for the coming of the kingdom, the second coming of the Christ, while our consciences are chilled by apocalyptic fires and the dumpster fire of the world around us. When we despair of doing the good that we will and denying access to evil, even in our own jealous hearts, it is the incarnation of Jesus that reminds us that all is not lost, that nothing, in fact, is lost since God, the originator of all things, abides in mercy and sustains us. Therein lies our freedom. This is our hope, our way, our truth, our life. Not a reconciled conscience, but a reconciling Christ. God with us, God for us, and a grateful sinner weeping at his feet, drying his soft body with her hair. Amen.
Let us pray together prayer three on page three. Lord, it is night. The night is for stillness. Let us be still in the presence of God. It is night after a long day. What has been done has been done. What has not been done has not been done. Let it be. The night is dark. Let our fears of the darkness of the world and of our own lives rest in you. The night is quiet. Let the quietness of your peace enfold us, all dear to us and all who have no peace. The night heralds the dawn. Let us look expectantly to a new day, new joys, new possibilities. In your name we pray. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. of God, which passes all our understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ, and the blessing of God, Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer, be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.